successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get a hooter. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Appreciate you joining us again this week. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Our show is also available on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. So if you're listening via iTunes or TuneIn, we appreciate it. Also, you can find us at GrillNationShow.com. Uh, you go to the website. There is a uh, list of all of our shows, guests, our supporters and partners. Uh, and we also have photos of all of our guests that come in studio when we have fun here in Grill Nation Show. I want to thank those partners and supporters as we get started today on the show. They are Trust, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, Andrew Bash is a guest co-host and contributor, Ken Hertz Perry, Attorneys at Law, John Ken Hertz, guest co-host and contributor, Danny Pfeiffer, a catalyst, uh, contributor and guest co-host. He's hopefully going to join us here in the last, maybe our last segments today to talk about uh, some political stuff going on in Missouri. The Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange and Jay Rieger and Co. Whiskey, Ryan Maybe, guest co-host and contributor. Kansas City Power and Light District, and Two West Advisors, and Ryan Rank. Thank you for your support and partnership with the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Going to be a fun show today. Um, as I said before, we're hoping to get Danny Pfeiffer on the line uh, from out of town. I think he's either in D.C. or in uh, Jefferson City today to talk about what's going on in politics uh, later on in the show. But in our uh, first few segments today, I'm uh, very excited to have on one of my good friends, who uh, hasn't been in Kansas City for a while, but has stayed close. I actually ran into him at South by Southwest uh, down in Austin earlier this year in March. We had a blast. Uh, he's a, uh, uh, a very well-known national uh, spokesperson, and uh, basically he makes internet these days, according to his Twitter profile. He also is a sporting KC legend, as we like to say, Kansas City Wizards. Uh, his name is Jimmy Conrad. He uh, had a 13-year MLS career. Uh, was an MLS All-Star uh, six times, uh, four-time MLS uh, Best 11 selection, and it was the 2005 MLS Defender of the Year. He also um, was on the U.S. Men's National Team where he played in the World Cup in 2006, and uh, I believe he played against Italy, which I'm um, half Italian, so uh, I would have loved to go gone to that game. And uh, he's retired in 2011 from uh, MLS and soccer, and has since he's transitioned to a very... Uh, Spectacular, awesome, incredible media career uh, where he's really became a, uh, a thought leader in the um, digital space, if you will, working on YouTube videos. And he also worked for a, a TV or a, a YouTube channel called Kick TV. Now he's he has his own YouTube channel. Channel. He's based out of New York City these days. So I'm really happy to have him on the show today. Uh, welcome to the show, Jimmy Conrad, uh, former All-Star, former Sporting KC Hall of Famer, whatever you want to call him, man of many hats, best hair in Kansas City for a, a short time. What's up, Jimmy? So that was uh, the most awesome intro I've ever received. I want you to keep going. <laughs> you make me sound uh, a lot cooler than I 
deserve to be. No, you, you've got quite a list of achievements, my man. Um, first off, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, great to see you at South By. What did you think of the South By experience? I, don't, I think that was your first time down there, right? It's, uh, it was my second time down there. The first time, though, I was um, a little bit more involved in kind of the digital side of stuff. This time I went to really experience the event itself. So it was a different experience overall, and it was great to see you. And, and I love that there's such an eclectic group of people there, a lot of like-minded people who are trying to create stuff. You know, I've, I'm a big fan of creators, uh, people that, that come up with ideas and then try to figure out a way to execute them. Uh, there's no success and failure for me with regard to that. If you're willing to put yourself out there and to try stuff, I'm always going to be your biggest fan. So it's nice to be around uh, like-minded people in that way. And, and for me, I, I came out of that uh, meeting a lot of interesting people that I wouldn't have met otherwise if I didn't go. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Conrad, so you grew up in California, right? I did, in L.A. So what what was that like growing up? What were you like in high school? Um, I was the guy that sat in the back of the class and you know, ran my mouth and got the teacher upset, but made people laugh, you know, and, and for me, getting people to laugh or to smile or to take things light, uh, keep things light, uh, was where I got my juice, man. That's where I felt like myself. I, I, I really fed off of that positive energy. And I think the stuff that I do now, um, making internet, as you say, which is, is on my Twitter handle or my Twitter bio, uh, it is part and parcel of that. You know, how can I create stuff? Even if we take a heavy subject, and try to break it down in a way that we can find the silver linings, even in the heaviness, that we can try to find the positivity, kind of see the light. Um, and it's it's been fun. It's been a nice science experiment for me. I've had some some surprising success, I guess, in some ways, as we try to disrupt sports media and how we're, how we're doing that. And it's leading to a lot of incredible opportunities now that I've parted ways with Kick TV. Mm-hmm. So you grew up, you you played college soccer. What you know? When did you decide you were going to play soccer um, in college? I mean, I'm assuming you you probably played other sports growing up, right? Not just soccer. Yeah. Well, the beauty of growing up in California is that you can play year round with any sport, and I think that's why a lot of the top players in MLS or or the national team for the longest time came out of California because you could play year round, and that's a big advantage over the. The, the states that have to deal with the cold weather, like Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't get to touch the ball in, in those meaningful situations as much as the other kids. I played baseball growing up as well. I'm a Dodgers fan, so I grew up during the 80s. They won 88 World Series when Kirk Gibson hit that home run on Dennis Eckersley, and I was 11. I came home from soccer practice, and I can remember exactly what I was eating, what I was wearing. That's you know, the moment was a that's very funny. I, I, re- I remember that moment too, Jimmy. I, I mean, that, that's yeah. a moment that, I mean, if you're a baseball fan, that you can't... you. I mean, every kid, I, I don't, I think I was like, eight, I'm a few years younger than you, like eight or nine at the time, but I remember watching with my dad. And I just, I mean, that was like probably one of the top three or four baseball moments of all time, I think, from a, just from a pure yeah. watching perspective. It, it was incredible. Uh, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard baseball fan. I don't probably uh, acknowledge it as much because you got the soccer I, it's hard thing. for me to watch a game. Um, I like going to games and I had the opportunity when I was in Kansas City to do some batting practice with with the Royals. And what I loved about the Royals is they were the same color as, as the Dodgers. So they're kind of my American League team. Yeah, they do. They and, have similar and, unis. Um, go ahead. They have similar uniforms. That's that's definitely noticeable. Yeah, for sure. And it was just it was just cool to be around. Um, I did some stuff with Metro Sports, interviewed some of the guys during the game for fun and tried to do some soccer baseball crossover and and did some uh, batting practice, and it's just a really neat experience. I mean, uh, baseball definitely has a special place in my heart. My dad's a big fan, so 
And you, uh, you know how, how that stuff gets passed on. Sure. And you, uh, you went to UCLA. I know you went to San Diego State, then transferred to UCLA. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, I always had a had a kind of a uh, desire to go to UCLA Law School out there. I, I've been to, I love that area of California down there in Los yeah, Angeles. The campus, the, the campus is incredible. You know, I have uh, two. I met my wife at UCLA. We have two beautiful daughters, and we would like them to go to UCLA as well. It was a, a great experience. It was a nice stepping stone to real life. Um, maybe I guess some people would argue that you're still living in a bubble, in a very nice bubble uh, in Woodward, California, where you know it's just you're surrounded by a lot of beauty and a lot of nice and expensive things, I suppose. But but the campus is, is incredible. Um, it was a it was a nice place to develop and and to learn some some adult like things, right? And help mm-hmm. and put me in a good position to have success in, in my first career, which is being a, a professional athlete. But to get to your question earlier about when I decided to become going to college soccer, when I decided to become a pro, it just you kind of get to that point where, like, oh, I've worked, I've worked really, really hard in high school to, to get noticed. I didn't get a scholarship. I had to walk on. Mm-hmm. And I think that challenge was something I, I at, at times, was daunting, but something that I craved. I, I got, I, I crave, and as I still do now to a certain extent, this is maybe more of a hey, Jimmy. therapeutic therapeutic session but go ahead we're going to continue after the break we're talking to jimmy conrad follow him on twitter at jimmy conrad you're listening to grill nation we'll be right back after the break running down the street like your hair's on fire thoughts running... keep them going crazy though tv and the radio been watching since a baby so i'm representing casey mo Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation. Thanks for joining me, Jason Grill, today on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Also appreciate you joining us today on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and at GrillNationShow.com. You can connect with me on all social medias, pretty much, at Jason Grill, and also I'm on Snapchat at Grill Mizzou. Uh, we're talking to Jimmy Conrad. He's on Twitter at Jimmy Conrad. Um, his Twitter handle bio says... He used to get paid to kick a ball around with other grown men in small shorts. Now he makes internet. He's a uh, former superstar in professional <laughs> soccer and is now uh, kind of becoming a superstar in the media world up in New York City. Jimmy, we were talking about your kind of upbringing in California when you kind of made yeah. the move to decide. And I, you said you walked on at UCLA. Um, I noticed you guys won a national championship my freshman year of college, which would have, I guess maybe that was your senior or junior year? It was my senior year, yeah, and I thought, MLS was about three years in. I thought, oh, I'm going to get drafted for sure. I'm on the top top Division One school. We won just won the national championship. There was five seniors on the team. Like, oh, I'm going to be a pro for sure. And the other four seniors got drafted, and I didn't. I was like, ah, oh, all right, okay. So now I had to <laughs> kind of like I did in high school. You get to those crossroads. Well, what am I going to do? Am I going to push on and just give it a shot, or am I going to go to get my degree in math- mathematics, which was my major, and just become a teacher and a coach, like I always thought I would? And um, I said, you know what? I can always put that on hold. I'll give this a shot. I went, and, I went down and played in the minor leagues. I made, eight, I think, $800 a month. I slept on floors. I was eating top ramen, really just uh, going for it. And you, and, and, really you had, and you had a serious that, girlfriend that, that at this bubble. time. I had to decide then if I really wanted it or not, and I really did. And, and then the next year I got signed by MLS. I had a 12-year career, played with the national team, and there you go. Yeah, and when, you played, when, when you're talking about the MLS back then, it was a, it was a totally different world than it is now. In many ways, uh, it, we talk now about, you know, the, the number of teams and all these players, and, and some of it was difficult. But back then, there was 10 teams, and you only could have a roster of 18 guys. You, you couldn't sign anybody else. You could have guys come train or whatever, but if you, had, if you wanted to make the roster, you had to be one of the top 18 guys 
that made it a little bit more difficult. And because the talent was so condensed into these 10 teams, uh, we could argue in some ways the league was better. And D.C., the D.C. United team back in the early 90s or late 90s was so good. I mean, they won four, I think three or four um, MLS Cups. Uh, they had like they had DPs, maybe six of those guys, six or seven of those guys in their starting lineup. I mean, it was, they were stacked. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's going to take us a while now to get back to that level because because of expansion, they're diluting the talent pool. But but once they cap it, once they get to 30 teams or whatever the commissioner wants to get to, and then finally let the infrastructure start to grow, I think we're a generation away from really having a golden age uh, of soccer in this country. Um, so you started with San Diego, but then you came to Kansas City, and that's where I got to know you. So you made the transition from California, basically, your whole life. Mm-hmm. You'd spend in California, coming to the Midwest. Mm-hmm. You, you said you met your wife in um, college, so she kind of... She kind of stayed by your side through all those eight hundred dollar months and sleeping on the floors, um, <laughs> but but then you got you got you got traded to the Wizards at the time for a second round draft pick, um, and that's kind of where your career kind of took off, right? When Kansas City, it, it did. You know, when I first I was I, after San Diego got signed to MLS, played in San Jose for four years, um, and then I got traded to Kansas City. And when I found out the news, it was on draft. It was the day of the draft. Uh, I told my mom that I got traded there. There's not much you can do. Like, you don't have any say. Soccer around the world, you have a say in where you go. You try to find the right team and coach. Agent places you as a transfer, right? You, there's a lot of – the player has a lot of say in where he goes. But in this league, in most sports leagues, you don't have a say. You get traded, you get traded, and you got to make a decision about whether you're going to go. But you don't really have a decision. So we went to Kansas City. I called my mom. I told my wife. Both of them just start crying. Just instantly start crying. They, know, they don't know anything about Kansas City. It seems like it's all the way around the world. And then we get there, and it ends up being the best thing that could have ever happened to us, both both of us, my wife and I, professionally and personally. Um, we we had our two babies uh, there, um, and we created a lot of meaningful friendships. We, we, we talk about moving back to Kansas City all the time, and it is a hidden gem in this country. It, it is a hidden gem of the Midwest for sure, and, and anybody that goes there never forgets about going to Kansas City. That's right. Uh, Jimmy Conrad joining us. Um, you know, and, and it's a city that's, you'll notice, I mean, every time when you come back here, it's, it's getting better every year. I mean, the development is really taking off. I live downtown now. It's completely different. Than it was 10 years ago. Um, so Jimmy, you had, you had an all-star career here and, uh, tell me about the, the U.S. national team experience because there's not many people that get to play in the World Cup. What was that like? Well, it was incredible. You know, I was uh, a late bloomer as I think my story is starting to play out for everybody and I didn't get my first call up the national team or my first cap actually playing a game until I was 28. And most guys get there as a 21 or 22, and, and it just took me a while. And I finally got there, and I was ready for my opportunity. After my first cap, uh, one year later, I was starting in the World Cup um, and playing against Italy, as you said, in Ghana. An incredible experience, uh, very surreal. When you make the team, you think that's enough. You're like, oh, man, I made the World Cup team. But then you go and you slog through this one-month uh, pre-tournament like uh, camp, and you're just running – you're killing yourself, and you're like, you know what? Actually, it's cool to make the team, but it would be even cooler to play in this tournament. <laughs> so to, to actually get on the field and to hold my own against some of the best players in the world was validation of all the hard work and all the adversity I had dealt with for sleeping on floors and eating top ramen, for all the stuff for, for proving people wrong. Um, and so there was a lot that went into that, not only the experience itself, which felt very surreal, but but also just just my the self gratification and satisfaction I got for putting all that time in when nobody was looking 
to reach the goals that nobody thought I was capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy, you uh, you you played for Sporting, I guess Kansas City Wizards, and then it changed over to Sporting. I think in your last year, very right, right around that, and then you uh, mm-hmm. you played for Chivas USA, which is not a team anymore for a year. Yeah, and you scored a goal <laughs> against Sporting in your first game, there, right? Yeah, I did. I, I played two games, and then I got. The second game, I got punched in the back of the head uh, by the goalkeeper going up for a cross, and I got to the ball first, and he punched me. And <laughs> I was already having concussion issues, and that one, in age 34, I had a, a headache for three months. And it just was, I just had uh, my second baby, and I'm like, I'm, I, every athlete has a hero complex. They say otherwise, sure. they're, they're lying to you. And um, it just was like, do, do I push on? Do I try to push through a concussion injury? which is not smart by any stretch of the imagination. I'm 34. I'm not getting called back into the national team. This Chivas team was very much a work in progress, or as we've learned now, a work in uh, disappearing. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a pretty easy decision, especially when you have a headache for three months. But at some, at, at the hardest part was once I made the decision, I, it, was, it was final that I was never going to play soccer again. I was probably depressed for about nine, nine months to 12 months afterwards. Mm-hmm. Because any, anything that I had been wrapped up in, my identity was built into it. So I was Jimmy the soccer player, whether it was my friends and family, people that knew me around town. That was my status. That's who I was. And so when that got taken away from me, uh, you don't really know what to do. You, don't, you can't rely on that anymore to, to help you get a job. Right? You kind of have to start from scratch. And I think that's the hardest part is figuring out what you're going to do next. And, and, and once you get there, and it took me a while once I got into the media stuff to really embrace the media stuff because when you first switch over, you're still trying to be cautious about not being critical of your friends. Mm. Uh, you don't want to say anything to hurt anybody's feelings. But then nobody cares what you have to say because you don't say anything. You just kind of surface stuff. And at some point I learned i got to have an opinion and you got to have an opinion about everything. And, and if you do it in a way that's palatable and that people want to hear and it's fun, but then you get, uh, you get some engaging conversations and respectful conversations. If you're trying to be an a-hole all the time, then you're going to get a-hole responses back. So it's been a nice uh, uh, jumping-off point. It's been, it's been an, like I said earlier, an interesting science experiment to, well, what am I going to do? But as a player, I was a defender, right? And my job was to pretty much play as simple as possible. Like, when any time I tried to be creative out of the back, my coaches would just yell at me, or I'd give up the ball, and the other team would score, just stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in a space where I can be creative. Every single day I have a blank canvas. I have, I have an idea, I can go try to execute it. And I love it. I, I can't talk enough about the creative process and, and the respect that I have for the people that do it every day. And in, in any kind of way, whether it's setting up a, a schedule for the, the class you're about to teach, or or thinking about a way to create music or movies or, or any, I mean, it can be anything, but just to put yourself out there and, and try stuff. I have a lot of respect for the people that do that. We're talking to Jimmy Conrad. Uh, he is on Twitter at Jimmy Conrad. He's also on YouTube at Jimmy Conrad. Um, check him out. Uh, Jimmy, we got about two minutes left in the segment. You're talking about uh, getting into the media space. Now, um, when did you make the decision in New York, and, and how did that decision come about? As a California guy, someone that lived in Kansas City, why did you decide to go to New York City, besides the obvious that it's a great city and a lot of relationships can be made? But when did you make that decision? Well, the opportunity to, to do Kick TV started. I had uh, YouTube did this initiative a couple of years back, 2011. They decided it and, and, and put it in effect in 2012. And they put $100 million into 100 channels, like original programming. And one of those channels was Kick TV. Um, I was the first hire, which is kind of strange to put the talent first before you build like a production team. Mm-hmm. So I was like, 
talk to the beautiful wife. Are we going to make this happen? Let's go live in New York City for a year. I thought it would die after a year. And it just blew up. And after three and a half years, we got a million subscribers. And, you know, then we got bought by somebody else. And they had different ideas about growth as opposed to what I wanted. So with the, the famous, quote-unquote, creative differences, we, we, <laughs> went our par- we went our separate ways. But, but they're doing good stuff. I'm going to continue to do good stuff. And, and it's, a, it's a space where a lot of people can do good, good things. So I'm really excited for the future for both Kick TV and myself. Jimmy Conrad on YouTube at the Jimmy Conrad actually. Uh we got fifty seconds left, Jimmy, real quickly. Who was the uh uh toughest player you ever played against? Toughest opponent. Uh, the, Bra- the Brazilian Ronaldo. I had a chance to play against Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. Um and I learned more in those ninety minutes than I probably did in two or three years uh playing in MLS because I'm playing against the best player and one of the best players to ever live. He would cheat to get an advantage. I remember ball went into the corner, and he already—he was already faster and stronger than me. But he turned around and put his hand right into my neck, created like an extra yard. And I learned like, what? Like he's already going to beat me. That's that he's—he's he's already got me. But he went to get that gain that advantage anyway. Uh-huh. And little plays like that, I was like, man, this is just what a lesson. I mean, I'm learning so much in these 90 minutes. So, so he was definitely one of the best, and, and I appreciated him muscling me around. Great. Jimmy Conrad, uh, we'll be back after the break with one more segment with Jimmy. You're listening to Grill Nation. Thanks for listening. First things first, I'm the realest. realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down. I just want to chill. Got a sack for us to roll. Married to the money. Introduced it to my Welcome back to Grill Nation on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Appreciate you joining us again on iTunes and TuneIn Radio and at Grill Nation Show. Dot com. We're talking to Jimmy Conrad, who is uh, on every social media. Uh, he is on Twitter at Jimmy Conrad, on Snapchat at uh, Jimmy Johnrad. Just, just it's change Simi. the Simmy, Simmy, Simmy Johnrad. And he's also on he's also on YouTube dot com. His his video channel is the Jimmy Conrad. Um, Jimmy Conrad's been a great guest so far. He's a great guy. Uh, check him out on all those social media handles. But Jimmy, you were talking about your videos. So tell me what you post. Uh, I know you do like a question and answer with fans, but you post pretty much post a, a video of some sort on your YouTube channel every day. I try to, you know, as you learn in the social media space, uh, consistency is key, making sure your voice is, is out there and heard and that you have a platform uh, to speak. And also what I love about YouTube is that I get, it gives you a platform for others to comment on what you're saying and to take the feedback from my audience uh, and to listen to them and to make, feel like, make them feel like they're being listened is very important. Um, and we've created a nice little community, a very positive community. I don't really tolerate too much negativity. I don't mind a differing, difference of opinions, but, but to do it in a respectful way, which is a hard thing to do and to ask for on social media these days, the power of anonymity uh, makes wield a quite a powerful anger a hook, I guess sometimes. But um, yeah, how'd you learn how to do all this, so my Jimmy? Videos are very soccer specific, maybe a little bit too heavy. I'm trying to get in more into the vlog game, do some more experiential stuff, uh, and that'll happen, I think, because these two big tournaments over the summer, uh, Copa America and the Euros, and I'm potentially going to do some stuff with Liverpool Football Club when they come over and do a tour here. So just working through some opportunities that I think uh, will get to showcase me. As somewhat, I don't call myself a journalist, but as like a faux journalist, and then, and then also as just a regular person that's doing some some fun stuff around the game, and and uh, yeah, I think it's fun if you're into that. Um, and if anything, just to come look at the ideas that I have out there and, and to create. I've also got this other series where I'm kind of showing people how 
I got to to become a pro. Uh, just simple stuff. So if there's any teaching stuff, you know, if you're a coach and you don't know maybe what things should look like and what proper techniques should look like, I'm showing you what I did behind the scenes when I was younger and which helped me become, you know, get up to uh, an elite status in the game and, and very basic stuff, but you have to do it over and over and over. So it, it can really point to a lot of different things. Um, I'm only one guy. I've never edited regularly, so my editing is it's a bit raw at times, but I, I think you can tell the spirits there and that I care about what I'm making and what I'm saying. And, and then really that's half the battle. That's the beauty of YouTube is that you can, as long as you're yourself and people know that you're trying, then all is forgiven. Hey, Jimmy, I got some good news for you. Um, my uh, interview we're going to do with another guest after the break, he's, he's stuck in an airplane in Wichita right now, so um, so you're going to have more time to talk. Is that cool with you? Oh, I love talking. <laughs> this is like the best day ever. Yeah. Um, okay, so did you? So talk to me about the editing, because there's probably a lot of people out there that that know nothing about that. How long did that take? How long is that? take for you to learn i mean what is that like i mean i i know nothing about it luckily here at the radio station we i have mark who helps me and who's amazing um what, how did you how'd you learn that well being part of kick tv and the production team i got to see it uh so i would shoot i would go take one of our cameras when nobody was using it and just shoot my kids and tell little funny stories for and just shoot little videos um so i had an idea of what i wanted to do obviously when you're watching videos if you watch a movie there's a certain aesthetic that i think appeals to people so just thinking about what what makes you happy when you're making stuff or when you're trying to tell a story or as simple as it can be whether even if it's your kids taking your kids to the park you know what can you do to add to that what are you interviewing them before are you interviewing yourself about what it is i'm talking about the experience you end up capturing a whole bunch of stuff if you, if you just keep it simple keep your parameters simple so in the editing process which is where a lot of the magic is you know, how you cut it, the angles you're shooting at. So I just try to shoot at different stuff and, and just try, right? I'm just trying stuff, seeing what's fixed, and then learning on the fly. Now, when I was doing that, there was no immediacy to get these things turned around. But now that I have a YouTube channel and I have this pretty much this myself this deadline that I put uh, to get things done. So right now I'm trying to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And, and if I can sprinkle in a vlog or something else with a collaboration with other people on Tuesday, Thursdays, I will. Um, but that's kind of my, my schedule right now. So with the editing process, for every minute of video that you see, it probably takes me an hour, um, uh, either shooting, writing, shooting, and then editing, and then I have to post. So posting on YouTube is, so you have to create the thumbnail, you got to create the title, like what, how can takes the title a while. bring you in, like the clickbait stuff, right? What am I writing that's going to want you to, force you to watch this? Like, oh, I got to see what he, Jimmy's going to say about this, you know? So there's a lot of, thought that goes into it. And then on top of that, I need to market it. I have to, I have to go post it on my own social media stuff. But what's going to happen is once I post it, if you really want true engagement, then I need to respond to the people that are watching it and make sure that the voice is heard. And, and I want to do that, but it, it just adds to the time that you put into it. So I put out a six minute video yesterday. I posted it at two 30 in the morning. Uh, the last like 30 seconds is a complete train wreck because I fell asleep trying to edit. Um, <laughs> and I'll acknowledge that which I should have in the video, but I just so too tired. I just wanted to get it posted. But then I had to think through, man, what am I going to, what am I, what's the title? What's the picture on the thumbnail? It's just, and yeah. it's been such an incredible learning experience that it's going to make me more valuable moving forward. So I don't see it as a negative at all because now I've, I've, I've uh, got a consulting job and, and part of the consulting is, well, how can we deliver some of the things that these people want? Well, now that I have a vast, I would say vast amount of experience, but, but a good deal of experience in knowing what it's like to create something from, from soup to nuts. It's, it's really hard, but I can speak now from a, from a place of experience. I can speak not 
as a complete expert, but at least know that if they wanted a piece, you know, three days after we shot it, well, yeah, we could probably put out something. But if you gave us two extra days, we could put out something really special. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's, it's having that feather in my cap now, which is going to make me more valuable moving forward and be able to speak in a more well-rounded way when I'm, when I'm thinking about production and, and what deliverables are when I'm talking to people that are in this space and, and want to produce digital video. We're talking to Jimmy Conrad, who's a, uh, check him out at the Jimmy Conrad on YouTube. He's a, uh, former, uh, MLS all-star. He's one of the best players in MLS history. He played on the U.S. Men's national lot. team. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, I think I as far as can, you're in, you're in the Hall of Fame here in Kansas City. If there, I don't even know if there is an MLS Hall of Fame, but I'm assuming you'll be in that one day. Um, so that's really interesting what you're talking about because you see all these sports personalities. Uh, same with politicians. I mean, I've thought about moving to D.C. or New York many times to be a pundit about politics. But you mm-hmm. you see this these people that go on TV, and, and especially in soccer, there's not many of them because um, you usually only see them on the big events, big scale. I mean, but you what you're doing is completely different. It's, it's not as um, vanilla, as you would say, and you can have more of an opinion, and you've learned these other traits that if you just went on TV um, and stayed in a green room for two hours, you're not going to have the ability to do. Well, no, and, and that's that's easy programming for me because it's just having an opinion that they, they, they've all... If you go on TV, if I speak as a pundit, I'm being called to do that because I have a specific opinion on something. So it's already something I'm... I'm I don't want to say rehearsed, but you've thought through. But you're an analyst. You're really play, you, what's that? You're an analyst. You know about the game. You know that, how it works. You know about the inside and the outside. Right. And, and, and there's something... You know, people, that appeals to people. You have these talking heads, and you get some, some opinions, and it forces you to have one of your own. But you don't have an outlet then. If, you have an, if you're a consumer of content, and you're watching two people, two analysts talk about a certain subject, and you want to then say something about it, where do you go? And, and can those people listen to you? I mean, it would be incredible to, to have some kind of platform where you could speak to that analyst in some way. And I know Twitter provides that a little bit, and Facebook, and Snapchat, and if these people are engaged on it. But what YouTube does is that that, that feedback is so immediate when I put something out there. And, and I'm trying to create videos, too, now where if I have an opinion, I'll try to throw some text on the back, you know, kind of like a, David Spade used to do a Hollywood Minute on Saturday Night Live where he'd just make, like, snarky comments. Well, I would make, I'd make snarky comments in my text that is pretty much just making fun of me, or I'm, I'm acknowledging or giving you a wink that I do know that the other side is, has a valid argument, too, and and it just allows you to create in a different way and kind of add layers to this analyst kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're, as an analyst, when you watch on TV, they're just they're force feeding you what they want you to hear. They get to control the narrative a little bit. And what I love about social media in general is that it allows you to have a real conversation with real people about what's going on. And and if they're respectful conversations, then then you end up kind of leaving that going, you know what, social media is pretty cool. There's a lot of positive stuff here, too, but it just gets kind of swirled in negativity. And, and I guess this gets into the perception game a little bit um, in terms of narrative and who controls the narrative and what you want people to know and what, what you don't. And I think why the consumers now are going to YouTube and why they love personalities that speak to them, right? At least in sports, you're usually just watching guys in suits sit on couches and former players talking to themselves. But I think there's been a disruption or there's going to start to be a disruption in sports media where their favorite personalities are talking to them mm-hmm. and they're part of the conversation. And, and, and for me, I have two young daughters. They're on YouTube all the time because there's something that appeals to them in, in that way. They're not being talked down to or just being a fly on the wall. They're actually getting to engage in a way that, that we didn't get to when we were kids 
Jason, and, and, and it's really incredible to see kind of the content that they watch and how they consume it and how they relate to it. And I think things are going to start to shift, especially in sports where, you know, it's been pretty standard how you watch your, your sports content for a very long time, and I think that's going to change. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Conner, we got a minute left in this segment, and we're going to bring him back for the break. After the break, Danny Pfeiffer is uh, in an airplane right now and is having weather issues. There's a lot of storms going on in the in the Midwest today. Um, favorite uh, favorite soccer player of all time, Jimmy, besides yourself? <laughs> Oh, man, if I rule myself out, that's, uh, that's tough. I mean, one of my favorite players is Andrea Pirlo. Um, he now plays for NYCFC and MLS. He played for Italy. I switched jerseys with him in the World Cup, so that was a big deal for me. And what I love about him is he sits in front of the, the, the last line of defense. Um, he's like a deep-line playmaker. He's not athletic. He is uh, not fast by any stretch of the imagination, but his brain moves quicker than other people's brains. And obviously he's got great technique, so he can play with both feet. He can get out of a lot of situations. The guy never is never rattled, and he plays so cool and calm. What I love about him and other players like him is, is what I love about the sport, is that you can be any shape or size in soccer and still have success. And I think that's such a, a fair way, an equitable way to, to play a game, whereas in basketball you have to be a certain size. Football, mm-hmm. if you want to be Definitely be a certain size, but for soccer, any shape or size, and then have success, and, and I think that's really cool. We'll be right back after the break with more with Jimmy Conrad. You can check him out on Twitter at Jimmy Conrad. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill on Talk 980 AM and Talk980AM.com. Also appreciate you joining us today on iTunes and TuneIn Radio as well as on GrillNationShow.com. I'll have to post a photo on our website of Jimmy and I in action. He uh, He's unfortunately in New York City today, but we're glad to have him on Grill Nation Show today. He uh, You can find him on Twitter at Jimmy Conrad. One of the things Jimmy also does well is Snapchat. Um, again, just change the first letter of his last and first name. Um, Jimmy, can, Jimmy, can you pronounce that for me again? So it's like Simi Johnrad. Simi Johnrad. But you got yeah. a lot of followers on on Snapchat. Um, I love Snapchat. I mean, obviously, I think you do too. What are your thoughts about that that media to get in front of yeah. people? You know what I love about the medium is just because I'm in the video creation game. What Snapchat allows me to do is to try ideas, um, to try a form of storytelling that. For a long time, I didn't get to do because I felt like I was doing more like studio-based stuff. I mean, it was still a humorous take or a lighthearted take on soccer, which is what I still do. But this allows me to break out and be a real person. Um, so now when I do my Q&As, like you mentioned before, I've been asking questions of my fans. Send me, send me video snaps back uh, and their answers, and I post them on my YouTube, and we have a nice conversation. And then it feels kind of like a full-bodied experience uh, when you watch it. But, but yeah, I like, I like the intimacy of Snapchat. You know, sometimes... Yeah, maybe it's too much. You know, some people send me snaps that are totally inappropriate. But but ultimately, <laughs> it, it's a really cool it's a really cool medium to 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 talk and to have conversations with people or to or to share stuff. And and I feel like I can be more personable on or personal on Snapchat in a way that I can't necessarily be on on YouTube or or yeah, you, uh, some of the other. Platforms. You can definitely be more personal, and that you can you can share. You know, you can follow your friends' lives pretty easily on Snapchat. Jimmy Conrad, um, let's put Jimmy Conrad on the grill, Mark, uh, for a second here in the segment we like to call putting people on the grill. Whoa, Grill Nation, hot. you're sizzling. It's hot. No, these won't be that hard. We're just we just got an extra segment with you, Jimmy. Um, Jimmy Conrad, who was your first celebrity crush? Oh wow, uh, Stephanie Seymour. 
Oh, Rose okay. Gal, like Vic, Victoria's Secret model. I think she was in the November Rain video. With Guns <laughs> Roses. You know, Guns N' Roses is in concert this summer. They're doing a tour. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, I'll go if she's going to be there because uh, Stephanie Seymour is, is A+. Plus. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was at a Royals game last week, and they have the uh, Arrowhead Stadium has the uh, huge Guns N' Roses banner on the uh, side of the stadium right now promoting the uh, the show in June, <laughs> so it'll be fun. What's your favorite part? Of, what do you miss the most about Kansas City? You know, I miss the people. Uh, I had such a good relationship with a lot of organizations, whether it was the Child Protection Center or Autism Speaks, and, and doing events with them, and really getting into the grassroots of some incredible movements that are happening there, and and just the feel. I mean, when I go back to Kansas City now, it feels like home, and that's that's something that, that really appeals to me and, and, and my wife, and, and if there's an opportunity for us to get back and a meaningful opportunity, I, I think we jump at it. Mm-hmm. What you're doing, I mean... I mean, obviously, you do a lot of interviews and media stuff still in, in in New York City. You have the connections there. You have ability to grow. You can get you can go to a meeting anywhere you need to be to talk to anyone. But for what you do, you know, you can do a lot of that on the on the internet. Um, Jimmy no Conrad. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Let me look through these. Um, <laughs> if you could read one person's mind today, who would it be? I guess I guess Donald Trump would be an interesting cat, if only to. Uh if he just acknowledged to himself that he's full of it, you know, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, or if he just completely believes in what he's saying and, and his, his endless contradiction, uh, that would be, I don't know. That'd be something I'd just like to see behind the scenes a little bit, but I guess that goes for all the political candidates, right? I mean, what's, what's real, what's not, what are they just trying to force feed you? I'd like to kind of go through all their minds to see how much they're trying to manipulate and how much they truly believe. Uh, I think on that point, I think Donald Trump is, uh, I don't think he truly believes all these things. Just from from my perspective, I think he's he's a, he's playing the game, and uh, I think if he wins the nomination, you'll see him completely not completely, but he will tone it down a lot. Um, Jimmy yeah. Conrad, if you could get rid of one United State state, what would it be and why? Wow, that that's, that's uh, I mean, Texas is always talking about being their own. Country, <laughs> so I guess Texas would be up there. You know, they think they can they can do it on their own. And I grew up in California. What is that like the fifth largest economy in the world? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a hard question. I, you know, you, you've traveled. Know you've tra- how, many, how many people we have in Grill Nation? Yeah. Out there. <laughs> it's be pissed at me. You've traveled a lot, obviously, in, in different cities throughout your career. Um, did you ever imagine that Kansas City would get to this point in soccer? I think they've sold out a hundred straight games. I thought it was possible, and I think that's possible for a lot of markets. What's unique about Kansas City was that there seemed to be a surprise that, some, that as you say that people want to come out and support, but there's something about the game that makes it unique. It's about something, about being a part of something, being a part of something bigger than yourself. You know, baseball, it feels very uh, father-son. You know, you're going to experience that with, with your dad, or you're going to do something, and there's a lot of time uh, at those games spent, and it's, it seems like it's more um, between one or two people. But when you're part of soccer, it's, it's, it's a community, and, and the team is, is an extension of that, and it's an extension of, how you feel, and they're trying to represent you. And then I know the Chiefs do that to a certain extent, but I feel like the NFL feels like a marketing machine, and there's something organic about soccer um, that, that I think resonates a little bit deeper. Uh, I love going to Chiefs games and tailgating and all that stuff, but, but the tailgating was the best part. Going inside the stadium didn't do as much for me. So what I think when you go to a sporting game, the in-stadium experience is incredible, and, and you feel like you're part of a family and part of something bigger, and, and I think that's what's going to make the sport continue to grow in this country. Yeah, and it's it's obviously the Royals now have really kind of honed in on as well. Um, 
talking to Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy, if you could have any talent, what would it be that you don't already have? I would love to play music. Um, my dad was a musician. I didn't get that that gene. And so to be able to you know sit down at a, at a piano and just play would be pretty sweet. Um, or to play a guitar or, or to be able to create, right? I mean, getting back to the creator stuff, just, just mm-hmm. to be able to to come up with something out of thin air and, and to make somebody smile because you're doing that, it, it's incredibly powerful. Jimmy, when we come to New York City, uh, now that that's your uh, temporary home right now, um, any good advice on any places we should stop by that, that people would know about? <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know where to start there. I guess it depends on what part of Manhattan what, what, you're in. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite part? What's your favorite part of Manhattan, first of all? Well, I live in, up, uh, in the Upper East Side. It's a little bit more family-based. There's some good public schools, which are hard to find here in the city. So we kind of started there when we, we moved here. And, and we really know that community quite well. Um, but to go hang out, you know, if you're in the Meatpacking District or Greenwich Village or West Village or Lower uh, or East Village, um, any stuff below Houston is usually pretty cool in Soho. But there's a lot of pockets. I mean, that's the beauty of this. In one corner or, like, two blocks, you're in Koreatown. Then you go to a couple other blocks and you're somewhere else or you're in Little Italy. Mm-hmm. Little Italy and Chinatown touch, touch each other, you know, in terms of the, the border. So it's just it's unlike any city I've ever lived in. I think it's one of the coolest cities in the world. And, and I'll be a little sad when, it's, when we're not living here anymore because it has this energy that... I, I've never seen match anywhere else. It definitely has energy, and that's what that's what helps you with what you do. Uh, Jimmy Conrad, you got a minute left in the show. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, real quickly, what is your best advice, or what, what's something a mentor told you once in life that maybe some other people can hear about getting involved or, or getting involved in your community or in sports? Uh, what, what's the best advice you've ever received in your life? Well, the, the, the advice that changed my life, I was 15, and I talked to Marcelo Balboa's dad, and he... He, we just asked him, how did Marcelo make the World Cup team? And he said, well, he just went to the park and, and worked on his game every day for two hours. And in that moment, none of the, I don't know if the other guys were listening, but for me, my, my ears were wide open. I knew I had control over that. I had control that I could go to the park and work on my game for two hours. And that, that, that seed has been planted in me, and I know now that I am in control of, of whatever it is I want to do. So if I want to give back, man, just give back. Give everything you have. And good things are gonna are gonna happen. So I love jumping in with both feet and not looking back and taking risks. And, and you're gonna learn a lot more from the failures than you will from the successes. So just try stuff, have fun, and and try to put smiles on people's faces, including your own. Jimmy Conrad, I'm smiling right now, buddy. Thanks for joining us today on Grill Nation Show. You can check out Jimmy Conrad all over social media. Again, at Twitter on Twitter at Jimmy Conrad on Instagram at Jimmy Conrad. Also on YouTube at the Jimmy Conrad. Thanks for joining us today, Jimmy, and uh, look forward to seeing you next time in Kansas City. Thanks, Jason. I really appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thanks for joining Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week. Take care. Hey.